0: The M-Store where they're all Grizz all the time.
3: Change is constant, and nowhere is this more true than with your company's network and network security. With an SD-WAN solution from Blackfoot Communications, you get the best of both worlds. A scalable network to quickly connect remote offices and the protection from downtime that ensures your network is always on. For more information, visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 866-541-5000. Blackfoot. Connect to more.
1: It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutela Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television.
4: I like football!
1: Sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. <sighs> the Chiefs beat the Texans in game one of the NFL season. Billing Sr. beats Bozeman in game one of the AA high school season and a whole bunch more football coming up this weekend on what is truly the first full slate at least as full as it's going to get this season of football across the board. Hi, how are you? Happy Friday it is to tell new 1029 ESPN Radio SWX Montana Television. Outstanding to be with you on this Friday afternoon. Hope you are having a spectacular day, a beautiful day it is out there. Appreciate you letting us ride along with you into your weekends. Hey, let's take a look at what we got in the show today. First of all, we're going to get A little bit into what we watched last night a 34 20 win for the Kansas City Chiefs I think about what we expected and yet still pretty amazing to watch uh, the Chiefs just do what they do just keep on rolling offensively Houston tried to close the gap a little bit at the end but even that 14 point uh, uh, uh Margin of victory probably doesn't do justice to what we saw last night in terms of what was, I think, a pretty dominant performance in game number one from the defending Super Bowl champions. We also, of course, on a Friday, going to have our little bit of fun with our dear friend Carolyn, the chick who doesn't know sports. She's going to show up with us and uh, hang out with us for a little while here this afternoon. Also, 4.30 today, Mike Dugar, the mighty return of Mike Dugar of The Athletic. He's the beat writer of the Seattle Seahawks for The Athletic. 12 for the 12s, boys and girls. Every Friday, we're going to do this with you as we get you set for Seahawks football. 102.9 ESPN Radio is the official affiliate of the Seattle Seahawks all season long. Game number one, 11 o'clock a.m. kickoff, 9 a.m., Pre-game show begins on ESPN radio the Seahawks traveling to Atlanta to take on the Falcons week one so we will talk to Mike Dugar about everything we need to know coming out of the offseason and heading into the first game of the year for the, the Seattle Seahawks and uh, as they open things up in the, the very very difficult NFC West and I know it's not a divisional opponent but You understand what I'm saying? You got to start making hay when you can. Also, here we're going to get into high school sports. The first high school game of the double A season took place last night. The full slate getting underway tonight. Crosstown rivalry, big sky Hellgate from Washington Grizzly Stadium. Nonetheless, that'll be on SWX right here on SWX television three hours from now. Riley Corcoran on the call of that game. And also, the uh, uh, Sentinel Spartans, who are probably the f- the most favorite team, at least in the West, this year, heading into the AA season, they open their season with Flathead. So we'll get into that top of the hour. Speaking of high school football, we will hear from all three AA head coaches. We did about five six minutes with each of the three head AA coaches in the city of Missoula. So Matt Johnson from uh, uh, from Big Sky, Mick Morris from Hellgate, and Dane Oliver at Sentinel. You'll hear from all three of them at the top of the hour, and then we are working. We are efforting. Our Mattress Firm Student of the Week, that's right, the Mattress Firm Student of the Week starting back up now that school is back in session, athletics are back in session, and Gillian Sherrill, volleyball player from Hellgate, is our Student of the Week, so we will uh, work on getting to her, and yes, I mean, too much to even talk about, even Game 7 of the NBA uh, Eastern Conference semis tonight uh, between the Boston Celtics and Toronto Raptors, so plenty to get to in the day-to-day, outstanding to be with you. If you want to call 361-3688 is the phone number. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. The stream also available uh, on 1029ESPN.com. It is available all the time thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Uh, always want to do this on this particular day. We understand every time that it comes around that it's September the 11th, nine eleven, uh, to uh, to take a moment and certainly acknowledge. We, we're not going to take a ton of time here and 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 you know, spend a bunch of time on it, but certainly worth acknowledging and reflecting on the 19th now, amazingly, 19 year uh, anniversary of that very dark day in our history. And yet also a time of, of uh, you know, afterwards of, of great unity in this country and banding together and uh, think about the lives lost and what that catastrophic day was represented and sort of became in the aftermath. And so we'll certainly acknowledge that we are on that day here, September 11th of 2020. Coulter, it's a Friday around here. We like to take a moment every single Friday and also take a break. You know, we got a ton to get to. But if you're not relaxing, I think you're just doing life wrong. I mean, you know this about me. That, you know, I, I don't do a lot well, but I do take it easy pretty well, I think. I think we could say that reasonably right Indeed. at this point. It's time for a Florence Coffee Company coffee break. You got me an iced latte. I appreciate that very much. You are working on, do I have this right, Coulter? A berry lotus? Yeah, yeah. the that's uh, sugar-free. My goodness gracious. Now, here's the thing. Coulter is, what, about three days into? Four. Four days into, uh, I mean, you tell the I, I don't want to do it wrong. I don't want to call it a diet. I don't want to call it a cleanse. I don't want to call it anything that it ain't. But what I am going to say is that the lotus is going to bring you some much needed energy. I'm a little worried that about five o'clock you might just be shooting fireworks out of your fingertips. Well, I got a
0: long night because I'm going to go straight from this show to Florence Carlton High School, call a high school football action. Absolutely. Tonight. Uh, you can follow my Twitter either at Coulter Nuanas or at Skyline Sports MT. I'll tweet out the link. Uh, this is actually with our good friend Blake Hampstead, Yep, fan of the show, or a uh, fr- fan of the show, friend of the he's show. He's a fan, he's a big fan. Yeah. Blake's more like a mentor <laughs> than a fan. I think he would say I'm a fan of his. Yes, uh, but right. Blake's a guy I've worked with on and off of for a long time, and so anytime he asks me to call a game, so he'll be broadcasting on radio waves in Anaconda. But he also has a live stream that's on the internet. So because that's, that's the match funny.
1: of Anaconda going to Florence. Yeah, Anaconda Florence, so the class,
0: is. some class B action. So, yeah, I got my Lotus. Uh, just just one note because I do think it's it's worth stating uh, when it comes to September 11th. I think that the thing that makes me the most sad about that day is not that day whatsoever, but remembering the day and remembering the aftermath of that day and remembering how uh, unbelievably positive it was in terms of the unification of the United States of America. And I just can't help but compare and contrast what happened to America after that tragedy and how great and surprising it was and ha- what where America's at now. You look at... Um, as we approach the 20th anniversary of September 11th, 2001, our country couldn't be more torn. And it's digressed to the point where now all of social media is just filled with arguments over the validity of September 11th or the meaning of or the controversy surrounding. And that just seems to be the only thing we can ever talk about, the controversy surrounding everything. And it drives me absolutely crazy. And I hope that someday we can get through this fog and realize that it does not matter what side of the aisle you stand on, there is no way to accomplish great things without working together.
1: Yeah. Period. That's very well said, and uh, and I aver to uh, that statement. And that's uh,
0: why we love sports. That's Because right. you have to work together in sports. So let's talk about team chemistry when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's do that. culture. let's spend just like two minutes on this. Yeah. And then we'll and then we we'll go to Cameron.
1: well we'll 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 hold on on that but we'll we'll get to it here in a little bit but just remarkable okay that the Kansas City Chiefs look you and I both had the Chiefs winning we I mean for what it's worth I mean it's not a big feather in the cap but we both had them covering a nine and a half point spread which they were able to do relatively easily in fact it was about a twenty point game before a couple of scores late for uh, uh for Houston but just to watch them again do what they do I thought Patrick Mahomes looked looked good I don't think he went out there and completely shredded but he's so good that it was remarkable still to watch him just dial it up the offensive line opening things up I thought Clyde Edwards Hilaire was was outstanding Outstanding, in his very first game uh, as an NFL player but it was it's not even about him right like he's a very good player no doubt about it but when you put the whoever the dude is that's going to be back there as a wide receiver, I mean, it's just like yeah, dial it up, hundred yards in the score, probably almost you know going to happen. And so it's just remarkable to watch them go to work and do what they do. And were they the absolute sharpest that I've ever seen? No, but they were still more
0: or less unstoppable against what I think is a, a, a decent, an okay Houston defense. Game within the game, here's here's your X's and O's analysis of this game. If you really, truly watched the Chiefs, when they were in hurry-up mode and Patrick Mahomes was calling the plays at the line, they've reached the point in their offense, and he's reached the point in his acumen as a quarterback, mm-hmm. where they're running a true systematic scheme. In other words, there's five skill guys on the field and Patrick Mahomes is is saying a combination of numbers, and there's a chance that when he says that, that they have actually never run that exact combination of the play ever. And it's so sophisticated. If you say Travis Kelsey, you know, 917Z, he knows his responsibility. Sammy Watkins, 944X, he knows his responsibility. So even if you've never heard that five words in congruence, it's a brand new play. You cannot stop it. Yeah. I thought last night they were experimenting a little because they knew that they had to the hammer down on the Texans, but I thought it was um, an unbelievable beginning. After Houston went up seven nothing, Kansas City just kicked them straight in the face and they rolled. And the, the score ended up what a two score spread. But I mean, it was thirty five seven at one point, and and it was over. Yeah. And so I I, th- I was very impressed with the Chiefs last night, and I also thought that. Um, the narrative of the dissipation of the level of play that we've talked about in college, not true whatsoever in the NFL. These guys are professionals. I thought everybody looked in a phenomenal shape. I, yep. I mean, you couldn't tell, with the exception of the crowd noise, which would have been profound at Arrowhead Stadium, welcoming the you know the defending Super Bowl champs. Other than that, you couldn't have told. There was no difference in the in the in the game to me. It, it looked, looked like exact same.
1: Yeah, it did. It did. Uh, listen, now I've just gotten a, a text from Carolyn. She's running a little bit late. Okay, so we are going to ha- play for you our interviews with the high school coaches in the city of Missoula here right off the get. Okay, we're going to start with Mick Morris, who is the head coach of the Hellgate Knights. Mick Morris uh, uh, got the first couple of wins when he's been building back this program here uh, for the uh, for the Hellgate Knights last year, and yet now they graduated a couple big time players, including obviously Raleigh Wooster. They open up tonight with the Big Sky Eagles. Colter, our alma mater, right out the gate. You got the crosstown rival game so here you're in washington grizzna right right exactly right on sbx montana television right here you'll be able to watch that game in about three hours from now so we're able to catch up with coach morris and just talk to him about heading into this season and trying to continue the ascent up the mountain so here you go we're going out to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. We welcome in the head coach of the Hellgate Knights football team, McMorris. Coach, we appreciate you coming on and joining us. And last year, a very significant year in the history of Hellgate Knights football. You've been building this thing since you came in and started with the, with the club. You get your first couple of wins in, in a long, long time. But you also graduate a lot of really great players off of that team. What do you got to do this year to build off of the success from last season and keep this thing going in the right direction?
5: yeah that's obviously uh you know the big challenge right is just you start you start climbing up the mountain and you hope that that once you start climbing up that you're not you're not going two steps back but um you know I think just continuing to kind of build the culture and and get our kids to believe that that hellgate football uh, isn't what it used to be and that we are a competitive football team and um, the fact that our our seniors that graduated really did a good job of setting that tone and um, I think more than anything what we have coming in this year kids that really weren't part of that losing streak and weren't part of that, but rather the the other side of things where we did win a few games. And so um, hopefully we're, we're getting there. You
0: mentioned that senior class and uh, great group of kids all the way around. I think they accomplished a lot, not just in the the potential building of the foundation of Hellgate football moving forward, but just all sorts of other accolades too. obviously great in basketball, but great academically, all sorts of accolades for that last class. What did that class mean to your program and how hard will it be to replace those guys this year?
5: Yeah. I mean, obviously they were, they were instrumental. I mean, I, we we couldn't have done it, you know, without, without all of them, but obviously um, you you look at a kid like Raleigh um, and, you know, is, you know, both all state on both sides of the ball, two-time Gatorade Player of the Year. Um, you know would have would have been a would have been the prom king if he'd attended the prom and you know, whatever that <laughs> else that looked like. But um, you know you, you don't you just don't replace that kid. Um, and it you know I'd be lying to you if I said that you can. But it, it, it does suck not to have him. Um, you know I became pretty close with him and became pretty close with his family. And um, you know credit to him, you know he still is messaging our kids he asks us hey who missed workouts this morning and we'll let him know and he texts those kids and um so that that is missed but um you know we had i think 28 seniors last year beyond raleigh that really helped set the tone but i think uh you know if if anything um we do have a a really good young athletic group coming up so hopefully that at least lessens the burden a little bit
1: well, it's interesting too because you open the the season with a huge game. It's a crosstown rivalry game against Big Sky, and with no you know non-conference games this season, you just jump right into it. How big a game is this game against the Eagles in in uh, week number one?
5: Yeah, I mean you know it's it's one of those two games that you circle on the calendar every year. Right? You circle Big Sky and you circle Sentinel, and uh, you know that's that's a goal of any program within your city with multiple schools is you want to win a city championship, and obviously. Um, that's going to be a gonna be a tall order, I think, for us at Big Sky this year. But uh, you know, it's uh, you know, I don't re- you know, it's whether it's the first game of the year or the last game of the year, it's 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 one of our biggest games. So um, we're excited for it. We you know, we know what to expect, and it's it's going to be ugly and probably more so than normal just because it is across town and the emotions and the nerves and all those things that go into it. But it should be fun.
0: Since Gary Eckergan took over the Big Sky job in uh, circa 1990, I think that the storyline for every opponent for Big Sky has been, "How do you stop the run?" Because that's what the Eagles are going to do. They're going to run it between the tackles over and over and over again. How do you challenge your team, Mick, to get them ready just for the physicality that this game will probably entail?
5: Yeah, I don't. I don't know how. I don't know how you can um, in, in this kind of day and age of where you don't. You know, you don't really practice with a whole lot of contact of how you know you used to. 20, 30 years ago. And so for us, we haven't had a lot of life football. So, um, that is obviously, and then you mix into that, you know, not having camps this summer and, and those different types of things. And, you know, I don't know if you're ever ready. And then you, you mix in the, the fact that you're, you're trying to tackle a kid like Coulter Janet Carroll, that, um, doesn't like to get tackled. <laughs> and So, you know, it's, it's tough. You just hope your, your kids fly around and you hope they play fast and they play loose. And, um, you just know when you go play Big Sky that it's it's going to be a it's going to be a dogfight and it's going to be a nasty game and um, you just hope at the end of the day that you are able to you know put more points on the board than they do.
1: Last question for you here, Mick. If you win the game against Big Sky, what do you think that does in terms of setting the table for your team for this season and again taking that next step up the mountain?
5: Yeah, you know, I. I, I you know, we, then we, you know, we look at next week and we, we got a game with, with Calsville flathead. And, um, that was, we were lucky enough to beat them last year. And I'm sure they're kind of looking at, and you know, teams tend to look at Hellgate on their schedule and circle it as one that they, they feel that they should get. So, um, you know, we kind of, we started out three and last year and, and, you know, quite honestly, you know, fizzled down the, down the stretch there. Um, lost some real close games with Capitol and Glacier and, and, um, even hell and a high to a certain extent. And so I think our kids that, that were a part of that last year, you know, know that, you know, regardless of, of what your record is, you gotta, you gotta be able to come in and, and work hard every week. And, you know, hopefully if we can take the motion of a crosstown win and, and then build that into, into, you know, what's going to be a tough week because, you know, Flathead's a, a similar team to Big Sky. They're a physical team. They line up, um, they run the ball at you and, um, you know, I don't, I don't, to be honest, with you, I don't know if that's really our strength this year. Um, we got a lot of good athletes and we got a pretty fast team. And so it's going to be for us stepping a little bit outside of our comfort zone.
1: Mick, we appreciate the time. Mick Morris, head coach of the Hellgate Night football team, week one against the Big Sky Eagles on SWX television, Friday night, 7 p.m. That thing kicks off. Mick, best of luck this week and going forward. We'll catch up with you throughout the season, all right?
5: Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it.
1: You bet. Mick Morris. Uh, look man it's been an, we know we know that what, what what has gone on at Hellgate they've built though the program and they got kind of the foundation laid to some extent now the work begins to take the next step you know I'll be I'll be very interested to see this game tonight's a big game man these two these two clubs not a lot of expected big Sky and Hellgate so the the matchup today i think is 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 big for for whoever wins it
0: The NFL is so compelling because the playing field is by and large even. There is differentiating markets. There's differentiating levels of tradition, differentiating quality of owners. But everybody has the same amount of money, but everybody has the same amount of opportunity to get great players. College football, it's way more of a hierarchy. And high school football is the same thing. When we talk about expectations for high school football teams, if it's just like in the big sky conference if idaho state has a winning record that's so much different than if montana state or montana goes 6 and 5 yeah. 6 and 5 at montana bad 6 and 5 at idaho state epic it's just like no but it's true man like it's true like you can really it seems silly to talk with so much reverence about hellgate seniors from last year when they won two games but that's two more games than like seven classes won so before them totally i mean it really is all incremental like we're not on an even playing field here billings west Billings senior bozeman these are not the same as missoula hellgate and missoula big sky really these two teams they could play so well they could play so hard and they don't have that much of a chance to to win games at the AA level because they're yeah. so small, the schools are so small. But that's why it's so cool that tonight they're playing Washington Grizz, and one team is going to have a chance to go 1-0. one and zero.
1: One team that has built up quite a bit over recent years is the Sentinel Spartans, and they become one of the favorites in Class AA this season. Pretty remarkable to say, but Dane Oliver's got that thing rolling. We got a chance to catch up with the head coach of the Spartans football team. Here's that conversation. We go now to the Rankish Brothers RV phone line and we welcome in the head coach of the Sentinel Spartan High School football team, Dane Oliver. Coach, thanks so much for being with us. We're excited to finally get into some double-A high school football this season. I know you are as well. And, hey, man, we had the opportunity to interview... Some guy named Dylan yesterday, uh, he was pretty great, man. Dylan Rollins, uh, obviously uh, uh, an all-state caliber player, bunches of offers. When you have a guy like that as a piece, especially on an offensive line, what sort of confidence does he engender to the rest of the team to have a guy like that on your squad?
6: Well, he passes the ICF, number one. So, yes, he does. Uh, <laughs> and I'm and I, I never a big guy myself, but you look over there and you see those big dudes and in in pregame, it kind of goes, oh, geez, you know, but, what kind of game is this going to be? So, I mean, Dylan, number one, he's a high character kid, great student, you know, and um, just excited for Dylan and all these seniors and all the, the whole team to just play some football and get over this, get over this hump that we've been going through. And uh, I'm excited to for about two and a half hours to maybe feel a little normal.
0: It's funny. I we took a picture with Dylan uh, at the studio yesterday, and I sent it to his dad. And uh, I told Josh, "There's not very many pictures that I look like a tiny little man in, but I did next to six six two eighty five. He, he's impressive." What have you thought of the way he's handled this this offseason? Because he's gotten a lot of attention, a lot of recruiting attention, but also, you know, he he never didn't get to go to a lot of the camps he wanted to go to. So kind of double edged sword. What have you thought of just all the extra attention he's received?
6: Well, it's always about just managing those expectations. And I think Dylan's got a great support base and his dad uh, and his entire family and they're a football family. So they get it. And, um, it was unfortunate that he didn't get to get on the camp circuit. Um, and so you're kind of fielding a lot of phone calls and a lot of coaches had a lot of extra time on their hands. So I actually think it, it benefited him in that aspect. Um, maybe they broadened their reach and were to expand into a state like Montana and, um, you know, we'll see what he ends up doing. The constant, you know, testament for for all these seniors that have been recruited is the constant theme they've been saying is we want to have a great senior year. It hasn't been about college, so the focus has been on their experience in high school, and the rest of the stuff will take care of itself.
0: No doubt, uh, you you know, you got a special one when we lead with the offensive lineman, but now we got to go where we almost always lead with—that's quarterbacks. You got a great one coming back in Dayton Bay. You guys had Canman Sermon transfer in from Wenatchee, a uh, little brother of former Grizz center Cy si Sermon and an all-conference-type kid in the Washington level last year. What's the situation like for you guys at quarterback uh, right now, and what was that competition like over the last couple of weeks?
6: Yeah, I think in the American society, we, we glamorize the quarterback position, but really, you know, you talk to most football coaches – You know, we spend as much time talking about left tackles and receivers as we do quarterbacks. So our philosophy has always been just, you know, let's put the kids in the best spot to be successful. And they both have uh, strengths, and and we're going to play them both and utilize their abilities and uh, maximize our whole team based on their skill set. So it's been competition makes everybody better. Um, And I think you've seen the level of play raised by – Not only Dayton and Camden, but the entire team when those guys are, are fighting for a job every night.
1: You know, Dane, since you've been at Sentinel, this program has grown and uh, and gotten better and better. And part of that means that you're graduating really good players and no change last year. But you also got another kid in this season who was able to transfer in and able to, you know, presumably going to help you out in Jace Klusowicz, who's committed to the University of Montana to play football. What has he been like to just watch him as you've prepared for this season? What are your expectations of him going into the 2020 year?
6: Yeah, I think Jace is very dynamic. Excited to see him play uh, uh, on Friday night. You know, he's got a great personality. Just just a just a happy-go-lucky kid and, and loves the game of football. I think everybody's aware of Jace's talents and how dynamic he is, both offensively and defensively. So I'm excited to see him as well as everybody else I know in the community. He loves football.
0: Dane, you guys have been building this thing, and it's been pretty darn impressive to watch. As a guy that grew up in Missoula, I remember when – Central football was an afterthought, and you guys have been now a perennial playoff contender. I made it to the semifinals two times in the last three years, including a year ago. But last year, I thought that one of the best high school football games I watched in the entire state was your guys' semifinal game against Bozeman. I know it didn't go the way you wanted, and then Bozeman went out and actually had their way against top-ranked Butte. That was a surprise to a lot of people as well. But how much did that fuel this class that was juniors now coming into their senior year and just your team as a whole, the way last year ended and, and coming into this year now as presumably one of the state title favorites?
6: I think it's always a learning experience, right? And so you kind of, you build, uh, build from experiences. And I think it's a balancing act as a coach to, it's a, it's a new team with a new group of kids. So, uh, we can learn from that experience, but we have to pave our own path this year. And we, we recognize that, uh, people have a, put a target on our back and, and we can worry about those things, or we can just simply worry about getting better and being a great team and, how can, how can I behave as a teammate that makes us all better? And so in, and, and that kind of doubles on with what we've been dealing with with COVID. So it's nothing guaranteed right now. Everybody's talking about things that are way down in the future. We've got to live in the present moment. Uh, and, and cause, cause we don't know what happens even tomorrow. So, um, that's been the focus. The kids have, have managed this situation amazingly. I've been so impressed by them. they handle it better than adults. Um, and so what's important now is, is just having a great practice on a Thursday so we can set ourselves up for, to, to have some fun on a Friday night. And I'm excited for these boys to, to do that.
1: Dan Oliver, head coach of the Sentinel Spartan football team. They get started with their, and their almost said NFL season. How about that? Hey, way. They get started with their high school season tonight. Uh, Dane, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Best of luck this year.
6: All right, guys. Appreciate what you do covering high school athletics. Thanks, guys.
1: You bet. Dane Oliver. Again, Sentinel flathead tonight, week one. And Sentinel, they got big big aspirations this season uh, and they got a big big offensive lineman who can help them accomplish those aspirations he ain't the only one though they're a very talented club uh, these Sentinel Spartans with uh, with Dylan Rollins of course we had on yesterday
0: I actually can't remember a double A team uh, on the western side of the state and I'm counting Bozeman on the eastern side of the state but I, I can't remember a team on the western side of the state in a long time that had especially in Missoula that had uh, a college level quarterback like they do in Camden Sermon yep a college-level skill player like the Sentinel does in Jace Kluswich, a power five-level offensive lineman like Sentinel does in Dylan Rollins, and then multiple big-sky-level defensive players, hitters, linebackers. Geno Leonard's already committed to the Grizz. I think Soren Seerud is another kid who's going to get uh, some some looks too. He's much in the mold of Geno Leonard. He's, he's you know undersized by D1 standards, but he bangs, man. I mean, he was the defensive MVP of Sentinel last yeah. year, not Geno Leonard, even though Geno Leonard was great too. But uh, to have the, the hitters, the tone setter in the trenches, one of the fastest guys in the state of Montana on the edge, and a quarterback who can throw it and run it, that's a pretty, uh, pretty amazing yeah, set of skills that, that Sentinel has compiled. My biggest question with Sentinel is can they handle the, the pressure? Yeah. Sentinel has not been number one in the state going into a season since I started paying attention to high school football in the late 90s when I was a kid growing up in Missoula. I can't really speak what the expectations were like in the mid to early 90s, but I know for a fact when I first started paying attention to high school football, when I was 10, 11, 12 years old, Sentinel never had been number one. Can they handle the expectations? That's the biggest key for them. It's going to be a big question. It'll be fun to watch. Not to be left out, Matt Johnson from Missoula Big Sky will join us a little bit later on here in the first hour. That's right. We'll have him on about
1: 445, but we got to get out because Mike Dugar, our seahawks insider is going to join us 12 for the 12s talk the seattle seahawks versus the atlanta falcons and everything you need to know to get you set for sunday's game 11 o'clock right here on espn radio mike dugar next Can't underestimate the loss of Kenneth Iden, both as a defensive end. I know, but also I think he had 14 touchdowns last year as a tight end.
0: Those both directions missing for Bozeman. I mean, tight end. I mean, that's that's just the the spot that's out there. Yeah, yeah he, he's he takes handoffs. He's an H back to whatever lead he blocker. Wants. He's he yeah. runs right outside of the slot. I mean, I don't know, dude. The kid, the kid's a qualified FBS player in the same Montana. So he, you're going to get him the ball. Injured gonna... fishing. I mean I mean I'm not saying Just, you slip you know, you and you roll your neck I mean yeah, it's yeah. it's a it's it's tough out there hard out here S-
1: sit down on the boat it's 2 tell new 1029 ESPN radio SWX Montana Television. Boys and girls, we're so happy about this to welcome back our dear friend Mike Dugar from The Athletic. It's time for 12 for the 12s as we get started uh, with the Seattle Seahawks NFL season. Obviously, Game 1, the NFL was last night, but the Seahawks opened with the Atlanta Falcons this week, and we welcome in Mike Dugar. Now, Mike, great to have you back, man. Excited for some NFL football. It's been a long time coming, right? How are you right now in terms of getting ready for this season, especially covering these Seattle Seahawks, who are a very intriguing club once again?
2: Uh, well, you know, the covering the NFL has been a weird year because it's got these two very noisy backdrops, you know, the pandemic and police brutality, right? They dominated the public consciousness for, what, the last five or so months, and that right. includes uh, the sports landscape as well, and we saw it. You know, Kansas City and Houston yesterday, I didn't watch the entire game, but what I did see is the chorus of blues they were, you know, greeted to when they just wanted to have a moment of silence for equality of all things or unity, whatever it it was, and it was a reminder of, you know, what's also important here, you know, just as much as it's uh, important to note that the NFL has, like, end racism, you know, in the back of the end zones, that there's some people who don't even want that as the message and so I wrote this. Uh, I think this morning on the Athletic that it's really tough to balance keeping police brutality on the public conscious while also enjoying the normalcy of football's return. And I think what happened with the Dolphins video yesterday, and what happened with Kansas City and Houston, and what's going to happen with so many other teams, you know, this Sunday, just kind of perfectly illustrates, you know, that difficulty that the whole league is going to have.
0: Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we've talked a lot about the dynamic of the city of Seattle overlaid with the Seattle Seahawks. I think even before this eruption of new advocacy and new fighting for social justice once again, Seattle, the players in Seattle, both former and present, have done as good a job for standing up for you know their, their people, their teammates, uh, people that they, they share similar viewpoints for. But when you come into this season, we've talked a lot about this with the NBA, the narrative of how hard it is to win this championship in the bubble where there is these exterior distractions and you may be playing for something bigger than yourself. How much of the impact do you expect that to have on the Seahawks specifically because they are such a vocal group, such an outspoken group already?
2: I don't know how much it will affect the on-field product. And I think even in the NBA, it's probably only had a tangible effect a handful of times. The most notable, I would say, is probably uh, when Jamal Murray broke in tears after scoring a gazillion points against, I believe, Utah, it was. But I, I, I really think that football, because it's so physical, it's like you'll get hurt if you're focused on anything else. I, I truly do believe that. As important as, like, being against racism and police brutality is, like, the minute you're thinking about that, it's the minute a dude rings your bell and you're on the sideline wondering what just hits you. So because football is like that, and I think Bruce Irvin put it the best way. I can't say what he exactly said because we're on the air. Uh, right. But Bruce basically said, hey, look, you know, protest, anthem, do whatever you got to do. If you want to stand, stand, you want to fist, whatever, you want whatever. Bruce was like, just do you, whatever makes you feel comfortable. And then once the game starts, only thing that matters is us trying to get a W. And I, I think that's Bruce speaks for the entire team in that regard. He wasn't saying it. Speaking for everyone, but I'm sure that logic applies to everyone. Even the most uh, passionate activist on the team—I don't know who that is—I would argue it's possibly KJ. Like as soon as the as soon as he takes the field and sees Matt Ryan lining up, like all that goes out the window. It's time to it's time to go to war. Uh, so I don't think it had much of a tangible effect. Pete Carroll believes it did in 2017 uh, when President Trump said what he said about the entire league, and they had their meeting in Tennessee in September. 2017, but I, I really don't think it did. I think the inability to run the ball and losing Legion of Boom is what is the reason they didn't make the play. Or they didn't make the playoffs. I don't think it had anything to do with you know starting a social justice player fund.
1: Mike Dugar joining us. He is at Mike Dugar D U G A R on Twitter. He is the staff writer for the Athletic covering the Seattle Seahawks. And Mike, when you talk about the Seattle Seahawks this season, I think there's a lot of high watermarks, a lot of uh, excitement around, obviously, the addition of Jamal Adams and some some players that they have, but specifically the front seven and specifically the defensive line. It looks like a bunch of anonymous players. I know Collier did not have a very good rookie year last season. He, he wants to, obviously, get better. They do bring back Bruce Irvin, but when you talk about that defensive line, Colter and I have talked about this a lot. It does not look like it stacks up all that well. How good do they have to be in order, though, to not sink the ship, so to speak, for the Seahawks team?
2: That's a good way to frame that because I don't think they'll lose any games solely because of their defensive line. I think the back end will be so strong that it'll like lift them up in a way because the point I try to make to people, and I wrote about this as well, is everyone likes to say, well, our D-line sucks, or so have to, uh, our secondary has to cover forever. I, specifically, it's like forever is the term often used. It's like, guys, no one covers forever, right? Because that literally can't happen. But the other part is, I mean, a guy who has a lot of time in the pocket, that's like three seconds, right? A guy who doesn't have a lot of time in the pocket, it's like 2.3 seconds. Right? We're talking about hundreds of, of, of tens of seconds, you know, to uh, to get the ball out. And I think the difference between – Uh, A pass rusher who needs, you know, 2.3 seconds versus one who needs, you know, 2.8, you know, isn't that significant? So I really don't think that the the defensive line will be the Achilles heel just because of the secondary is so strong. I think a really good example of how we've seen this work in the NFL is what the Patriots have done, right? Like, name the Patriots superstar pass rusher over the last 10 years. Uh, Maybe they don't have one, right? They've had guys who had decent numbers, but they don't pay them. You know they've they've had a nasty secondary all the times that they've had really good defenses, which includes this season. So I think the investment in the secondary and to have it to make sure it has the trickle down effect up to your D line is really important. I think that's where the Seahawks are going to have success. I mean, give a guy like Benson Mayowa, you know, an extra hundred, you know tenth of a second or whatever to get there, he'll get there. You know, he's not he's not trash. He's not terrible. None of these guys are. They get paid for a reason. So. I think that extra time from the back end is what's going to make this secondary be at least comp, or excuse me, the D-line be competent and not be the reason they lose.
0: Mike, we led in with a little sports center about some Montana high school football. One of the kids we mentioned was Kenneth Iden, who broke Will Disley's school sack record at Bozeman High way back in the day. But I know Will Disley has been a storyline, especially for our listeners. And uh, he seemed like he was on the verge of becoming a a breakout star. And then he suffers a a terrible injury uh, last year. I saw that you had reported that he's back to being cleared. So give us a status update on Will Disley and how do you expect him to fit in with this team, especially early on?
2: I think Greg Olson is going to be their starting tight end. Uh, that's actually a little bit surprising because I would probably consider Will a better player uh, right now. But uh, Will is healthy, and I mean, credit to Will Disley, man. Him and Chris Carson, what they've been able to do Bouncing back from injury because injuries break dudes. You know, like physically you break bones or whatever. I, I guess in a, uh, with Will Disley, he's torn some things, but they, it really breaks dude. And then the, the the isolation that you get put in when you when you get hurt, especially when you get hurt early in the year. I think Will Disley has been injured for the season in weeks four and six, his first two uh, seasons in the NFL. Right, so that's just months of just being away from your teammates every day. And then I think Will. Uh, the first time went back to Montana to rehab, and then the second time went out to LA where he was working with Rashad Penny. So he wasn't entirely alone, but still, it's a mental grind. And the mental grind is what breaks guys, not only in the rehab process, but just in trusting your body again. You know, that first time running, that first time getting hit. Uh, and Will and Chris Carson have both responded from that really well. And so I think Will's going to be tight end number two for all the fantasy owners there. Go pick up Greg Olson if you don't have him. Uh, if you need a tight end. But I think Will's gonna be right there in this offense like a starter and there are twelve personnel packages and uh I got my fingers crossed personally that he makes it all sixteen games because that would be incredible because I think he's got the chance to be like a Pro Bowl caliber tight end.
0: Before I ask you follow up, I got a I got a story idea for you, Mike. I know you you're always searching for story ideas, but when oh, Will came, when Will get back to Montana, he actually I think he was doing a lot of his rehab at the pit which is a facility in Bozeman. It's owned by Dane Fletcher. Dane Fletcher is former Montana State Bobcat, but a guy who played for the New England Patriots for seven years, also played for the Tampa Bay Bucks, but started in a Super Bowl. But they're both from Bozeman High. Could be a good story for you because I think that Dane kind of sh- has mentored Will and showed him the way. Could be fun to maybe catch up with Dane. But my follow-up for you, though, is that Greg Olson, I know he's gone through some injuries himself throughout his career but I think he's probably a borderline Hall of Famer. I think you could safely say that at this point. And, uh, you know, he might actually just be a Hall of Famer, period. Tight end's a hard spot to get in at. But regardless, Greg Olson's a very respected player in the NFL. How much of that do you think will help Will Disley's development, just maybe the the mentorship that Greg Olson could provide?
2: Uh, I think a lot, uh, really. And, and really it's about the mental part of the game and being focused. And I think more, and, and more now than ever that, you need to have the mental part, like, down. Whether it's the pandemic and being away from your family, um, whether you, you know, can't put your phone down and every time you hop on social media, you see some somebody getting beat or killed by the police. Um, like, you have to really, really compartmentalize everything that's going on and perform at a high level. And veterans like Greg have been able to do that for a long time. But even on the other side of the ball, guys like K.D. Wright, Bobby Wagner, Dwayne Brown, uh, you know, they've been able to, you know, take everything that's going on, be a family man, uh, be a person in the community, uh, but also be a really good football player. And that's a lot harder than we, you know, fans and even media give it credit for because there's just so much going on and they're just, they're expected to perform at such a high level. And football has been shoved down their throats uh, for so long. And then they get on this platform and want them to be role models and activists. And it's very, very difficult. And you tack a pandemic uh, on top of that. So I think someone like Greg, even someone like Russell Wilson, there's a lot of guys who have just, you can just watch them every day. You ain't got to talk to them. Just watch them be them every day, and it'll show you what being a professional looks like. So I think Will's going to benefit from all of that.
1: Well, Mike, we got... A football game on Sunday, remarkably enough. Uh, on the road, of course, going to the East Coast. I mean, almost the longest trip in the NFL. It could be a little longer to Miami or something like that. But heading to Atlanta to play the Falcons, take on the old coach, Dan Quinn, uh, who's been there for several years, of course, now uh, with the Falcons. Seattle sometimes doesn't travel all that well to the East Coast, but it is still just the first week of the season. What do you think about this matchup and and playing You know, there in the Mercedes-Benz
2: Stadium? Well, I will have to say, I was at Mercedes-Benz Stadium last year, and the idea of them having no fans this week really isn't all that different than last year because that place was really, really, really empty. (laughs) I mean, I I don't know what the official attendance was, but it was, man, as beautiful as a new stadium as that is, it's crazy that it was so so empty. But as for the game itself, I really don't know what to make of the Falcons. I, I saw them play last year, obviously, but they had Matt Schaub, right? And he's like 50 years old. So obviously they're a different team with you know their actual quarterback. Uh, they picked up Todd Gurley, who is a Seahawk killer. Uh, he knows how to get in the end zone against the Seahawks. So I don't really care what offense you know he's in. Their offensive line was garbage last year. I don't really know if it'll be much better uh, because I haven't seen them. Uh, so I'm, it's it's tough to get a feel for how this will go. I know they've played some pretty good games against the Falcons in recent years. Had some good ones in 2017. Uh, that they lost, had a good one in 2016 that they actually beat the Falcons. So uh, I'm excited about that part of it, but I mean I, I couldn't confidently tell you what the Falcons are going to look like in this game just because last year wasn't instructive at all. I mean how many teams actually give you a good look of what their talent is when they have their backup? Right? Yeah. No one. Not even the Saints last year with Teddy were really a good you know, example of how the team really could perform if it had Drew. So I think the Seahawks will win the game. They should probably win the game, but I mean who who knows, man? Matt Ryan's not no slouch and he's probably got a top three receiving duo in Ridley and Julio. I'd have to count it out. But those two are probably one of the most dynamic pairings in the league.
1: Mike Dugar. Rice for the Athletic, covers the Seattle Seahawks. Go subscribe there, read his stuff. He also hosts the Seahawks Man-to-Man podcast. You can check that out at Mike Dugar, D-U-G-A-R, on Twitter. One of the, I don't know, 64 people on earth who actually got his own name as his handle on Twitter. Congratulations once again to you on that. <laughs> so Such a remarkable thing. Mike, we really appreciate you doing this. We look forward to being with you throughout the season. All right, man?
2: All right, thanks for having me. You guys take care. You
1: got it. It's 12 for the 12s. Again, ESPN Radio in Missoula, Western Montana's official affiliate for the Seattle Seahawks. We'll talk to Mike Dugar each Friday, get you set for the games on Sunday as they uh, start week one, 11 a.m. kickoff, 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time kickoff uh, for the uh, Seahawks and Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. Uh, Pre-game begins at 9, kickoff at 11, and we'll uh, roll you right through the whole season uh, on the backs of the 12s, okay? Here we go, I guess, on the backs of the Seahawks for the 12s. The 12s are riding along. That's the way it works. Uh, very good. We'll take a quick break. We did not get to Matt Johnson, the head coach of the Big Sky Eagles football team. We'll bring you his interview right after this. Kurtz Polaris at twenty nine zero four West Broadway in Missoula and Highway eighty three in Sealy. That's right, two great locations in Western Montana. Boys and girls, it's about to be a spectacular weekend. We're about eleven minutes away. I mean, if we're going to do the nine to five thing, right? From saying that this is a spectacular weekend, so get over to Kurtz Polaris, West Broadway, Sealy Lake. The weather is warm. It is beautiful. It is a spectacular weekend upon us. So get outside. You want to get off-road? How about on a dirt bike? Go wheel around with your buddies? Race? I don't know. Jumps? Get everywhere you can. Beta Husqvarna dirt bikes. They got them at Kurtz Polaris. Also, generals, rangers, razors, The side-by-sides they got there to get work done. You can go fast in those great performance vehicles, the Razors. Or maybe you got a whole crew of people you need to get somewhere. Get the general. Load that thing up. Everybody and the dog, too, can go in that thing. Get work done. Scout out hunting spots. Go to Curse Polaris, the best machines, apparel, safety equipment. Also, they still got Crest Pontoon Boats, the number one name in pontoon boating which has absolutely exploded and Chris crest is at the top of the line get in for a crest pontoon boat and all the things to go with it as well great service shop to boot Kurtz Polaris everything you need the entire point of summer summering the way you always envision with Kurtz online at kurtzpolaris.com that's kurtzpolaris.com
3: Change is constant, and nowhere is this more true than with your company's network and network security. With an SD-WAN solution from Blackfoot Communications, you get the best of both worlds. A scalable network to quickly connect remote offices and the protection from downtime that ensures your network is always on. For more information, visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 866-541-5000. Blackfoot, connect to more.
1: How we doing? I mean it's Friday. You're listening to two telling Nuannas with Wolf Mother playing in the background. Your life is pretty darn good if you really take stock of it in the present moment. Absolutely. I mean what do you want me to say? I mean there's no I mean nothing to add. It's you just... overrate the wolf mother, oh. Other than that,
0: you uh you can't underrate you. You know that And this is your show.
1: Man a lot. It's... There's so very much there. What you think about Wolf Mother compared to, uh, I don't know, the Seattle Seahawks is uh, is like just it's just off. And if you recalibrated those two things, you'd basically be right about everything. Boys and girls, uh, we uh, heard from Dane Oliver and uh, uh, Mick Morris, the head coach of Sentinel and Hellgate, respectively, their football teams. We did not get a chance to get to Matt Johnson uh, because uh, we needed to get out so we could talk with Mike Dugar. But now we do have a chance. So here you go, the head coach of the Big Sky Eagles football team, Matt Johnson. Again, they open up with Hellgate Crosstown Rivalry two hours from now, right here on SWX Television, the head coach of the Big Sky Screaming Eagles. We go now to the Rankage Brothers RV phone line, and we welcome in the head coach of the missoula big sky screaming eagles coulter's in my alma mater god bless them. matt johnson joining us coach thanks so much for being with us we appreciate this listen the season ago you know we understand wasn't the season that you were hoping for in terms of your record but the win you had against the eventual state champion bozeman hawks how big a win was that for your for your club for your program in general and what does that do in terms of getting you ready for this season if anything
4: yeah for sure thanks for having me on guys um You know, it's one of those, I think it showed some potential of what we could do. Uh, It showed uh, our team that if everybody plays together and and we don't let things affect us on the outside, we can rise to big things. Um, And, you know, by the end, it's funny because we played them game two, and it was also our first playoff game. And, we actually played him pretty tough. I in both games, I think we held the running back under 50 yards, and he had, you know, I think he had 300 in the state championship. So we took pride in that. I knew, you know, we learned a lot of things along the way. We were definitely banged up, um, but it gave us some, gave us a few things to build on going into this year.
0: What do you think is the biggest challenge facing Big Sky right now? I mean, how are your numbers doing? I know that's one thing that you guys have uh, had as an obstacle the last couple of years. Where are you guys at numbers wise, and is is that the biggest challenge you guys have at Big Sky right now?
4: Yeah, great question. Uh, I I would say probably so. You know, the the last and part of it's this. You know, if you have a class um, that's small, but the class below them has some numbers in it, usually you can make up for it. We just have had like three or four in a row with with lower numbers coming out for football, and and a lot of different reasons. Uh, we've you know we work hard to get all the kids in our school out. Um, this year, a little better, you know, and our big one was size too. getting, and sometimes it's the right kids. It's not always just pure numbers, but it's the right number of which kids they are. And this year we did a little better job. Um, we had a couple of young guys too, that, that we were able to keep out and keep going. COVID definitely hurt us. We had another 10 or 15, uh, that were committed to come out when COVID hit. We kind of just completely lost track of them. Could never really get them back. Um, I think that's a huge challenge, you know, moving forward in the next year or two. We're really excited, our freshmen, we've got forty five kids out and and pretty pretty solid group overall and we're we're uh we're excited for that group to move in. Um and they're gonna have to probably grow up early just, you know, with numbers of the classes ahead of them.
1: You know, Matt, obviously again with no conference schedule you just jump right into a headlong with a crosstown game to open up your season against hellgate always a big game when it's a crosstown game but how big a game particularly is this right on the front end of the schedule
4: yeah pretty wild i mean usually you have those couple non-conference games to start with that you know you work out the kings you know they still mean something but overall you know not as big a deal right um so jumping right in first game in conference and based off nothing you got no knowledge base of the team you're playing right it's it's a ghost out there you don't know what they're going to do yet we haven't seen any film on them we don't know anything about them and they're in the same boat and so you're two totally different teams um, and then you add in the crosstown you know we're pretty good at keeping our kids honed in at a faceless opponent right whoever it is it's just the next team um, but that definitely comes into play once you get on the field. So starting off, it's the first game of the year. There's always a couple wild and crazy things that happen. You're still trying to work out all the little kinks, you know, both teams. And so usually there's a couple uh, big and wild things that happen. Um, but at the same time, you know, we, we practice and plan to overcome that and settle in and, and be focused. So if we can focus on, ourselves and our execution and minimize mistakes, you know, I think we'll be pretty happy, but it is kind of wild starting off. Bang, bang, you know, first game conference and crosstown.
0: Matt, joined, Matt Johnson joining us. He's the head coach of Missoula Big Sky, longest tenured head coach in the Garden City amongst the three. One of the longest tenured head coaches in all of AA right now. And Matt, I know the identity of Big Sky by and large, even if you run in some different systematic things or different schemes, has not changed. It's all about blue-collar, tough you know, run the ball, stop the run. So uh, what sort of, uh, how does that dynamic work since you guys have had sort of an atypical offseason? Not a lot of hitting leading up to this game, but that's always what Big Sky's hung its hat on. So how how do you go about enacting what has been your identity for so long?
4: Yeah, for sure, you know, and I appreciate you saying that. We we take pride in the fact that, uh, you know, part of it's from the type of group of kids that we get, and part of it's our mentality ever since you were, you were even here, Coulter, And, um, so, you know, some of it's just a mentality and the ideology of when we step on the field, what it's going to mean to us. And, um, we try to be, we try to adapt with the players we have that we're able to, so we can throw the ball a little more. We got no problem doing it. It's just a lot of times, you know, what's built into our program. Um, so in the off season, I mean you find your little ways, you know. And, and once two days started, um, we were able to step into stuff and get get going and really hit on that early. And and to be honest, we're going to find out game one, right? Where we're where we're really at with that. And we're pretty so far what we've seen, we're pretty happy
1: uh, moving along those lines of the blue collar and better bring your lunch pail and come to work, right? Game one tonight on SWX Television, Hellgate, Big Sky, Crosstown Robbery to open the seasons on your televisions coming up soon enough. Matt, thanks so much for being with us, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. You bet. Matt Johnson, head coach, Big Sky. Again, two hours from now, Big Sky, Hellgate, live on SWX Television. Speaking of live, Coulter,
0: Trail West Bank, they have live. What is it? That's right. Have you tried Live from Trail West Bank? Think ATM with a personal touch. A friendly team member on video helps you bank your way. See how Live can make your busy life a little bit easier, making deposits, withdrawals, transfer funds, and more. No matter where you are in Western Montana, there's a Tro West Bank near you.
1: Hour one in the books, hour two straight ahead. Carolyn
0: has made it in here. The chick who doesn't know sports is next.